And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And, uh, fellas, what's up? What's, what's up? What's up indeed? Any, uh, I like any... the term, what's up. Any, uh, because any... You... Oh, sorry. You like what's up. Yeah, any, uh, any, uh... Sorry, what was that? Go ahead. <laughs> sure. <I'm... laughs> uh, I just like the term, what's up, because you can answer it as in, like, something is actually up with you or you can just say what's up back i think it's versatile i like it just wanted to mention it just so you want to give a shout out to what's up <laughs> yeah shout out to what's up i didn't really yeah how much i liked it until i went to japan and i didn't have it you went to japan so, so long they're, 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 ago yeah but it stuck with me it's a okay. bit what's up is cool <laughs> wow it came with you across the ocean incredible yeah <laughs> It's like usually people get homesick when they go overseas, but you were like uh, admiring our like colloquialisms and like phrases. Yeah. You missed our casual greetings. Yeah. They probably have like a what's up in Japan. You just needed to learn it. Come on. I talk to people (laughs) trying to find out what it is and they're like, they have different ways of greeting, you know? Sure. It it wasn't necessarily that like open-ended something that could be, hey, tell me, or I, yeah, maybe there was like, it just... I, I didn't run across it, but that, but every, that thing that's that's both high and tell me what is happening mm-hmm. with you right now. Every time they I tried to introduce it, it, it to me you, now. yeah. Every time they tried to introduce it to you, you just interject and said, "Have you tried what's up?" <laughs> yeah, don't you know? Uwe uh, wa nandeska. So guys, is what we came up with, but it just uh, means like what is uh, what is up. The question is like what is the meaning of like up, what is uh, like what is above you? Sort of like a literal yeah. find up for me now. <laughs> uh guys, why don't we get into some uh movies we've seen? Robert, lead us off. Movies we've seen. Guys, I haven't really seen a lot of movies since the last time we got together. I, um, it's the same for me I, too. But. I, had, um, I had finished um, Interstellar 5555, which I think I mentioned on the last step um, since Daft Punk broke up. That was the animated version of their Discovery album. Um, watched the rest of that, enjoyed that. Um, I think I told you guys I've been seeing like it doesn't count though. I've been seeing reaction p- videos of people watching movies for the first time on YouTube, but I don't feel like I can count that as like, oh, I watched Shawshank again, or oh, I watched you know the thing uh-huh. again because I really didn't. Um, no, it's been it's been pretty pale tree. I would say that um, we decided to do the movie that we were discussing today for the episode, and um, haven't been back to the world of. Straight up cinema <laughs> since. It's almost like we watched an abnormally long what... movie that's long, too long, maybe, in some uh, re- opinions. Hey, we'll, we'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. But it, it's almost like watching movies feels like a chore in certain ways. <laughs> yeah, it can sometimes feel like that. Um, so, yes, unfortunately, what a, what a start. Um, pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty pale tree Glad on we my side. You. 
Max, what about you? Hey. Uh, I actually watched quite a few. I watched uh, Panic Room for the first Ooh, time. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's got Saw Gerrera. It has Joker uh, from Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut. Is he it in? Has, He's in uh, that? Yeah. He plays a pretty major role. Huh. There are like three home invaders. Is he the is he the kind of like loose cannon like home invader? No, he's the he's the like rich prick kid who uh-huh. like doesn't need the money but just kind of wants to do it anyways. Huh. He's the he's the lead of the group. He's the one he, he kind of pushes them into it, but he's not the guy who shows up. He invites sure. that loose cannon guy. Okay. Um and then it's got yeah, uh, Bella Swan. What's her name from, from Twilight? Bella yeah. Swan. That's right. And uh, and Contact. And Contact. Whatever her name was in Contact. <laughs> and, Reprising her famous role as Contact. <laughs> Who knew that was a titular role too? I had no idea until I watched the movie. Yeah, Asian they don't. Contact? They don't mention her name, but yeah, that's what the aliens say. You are one day. I hope. Name. I hope Contact meets Powder and k pack <laughs> in, in a one film. Oh gosh, I hope no one meets K bags. I mean, yeah. Uh, you mean yeah? Yeah. Unless they re- unless they recast it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, after the fact, um, Panic Room was decent. Yeah, it's not. It bad. had the. Yeah, it it keeps you tense. It's mm-hmm. good. It's weird though, like because. Um, they kind of portray Forrest Whitaker's character to be, you know, he has compassion for these people. He doesn't necessarily uh, want to be doing what he's doing. He gets kind of uh, forced into it, but also like, it really feels like Wait, the force. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's oh. a star. Yeah. This is he a has the f- panic room, a star Wars story. <laughs> you, you said Sagarera and I thought, Oh, um, he, he, but ultimately like he does not need to be there and he really pushes it like to, to a point where he's, like gassing them and stuff like that doing all these awful things that like really i don't feel like he's justified in the end of it um yeah. he like but, waterboards them he's like pulling their their fingernails off yeah but he keeps saying i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i don't i don't i don't want to do this though <laughs> i'm being forced to by circumstances but then there's like the very last scene in the movie is the i guess spoilers for anyone i'm about to mention have you seen uh, it rob i've seen it Okay, yeah. Um, so the very last scene of the movie makes me really hate the two main characters too, right? Who are like avoiding uh, all this stuff happening to them. But the very last scene of the movie, they're sitting on a bench going like, oh, what do you think we want to buy in our new house? Because this one didn't really work out for us. Because we got a home <laughs> <in there." laughs> And just like, da-da-da. Yeah, like laughing it off. Like It's like, like uh, next time, let's get a panic room in the panic room. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, uh, okay we wrapped up the movie and then you unwrapped it a little bit there like like this it just seems like oh, i don't know I, I hate your main characters now i'm glad they survived i suppose just because it's it's good that people aren't killed in their homes mm-hmm. but you want them to be unhoused for the rest of their the characters lives you're like they're like no more homes for us i want them to have some kind of growth or whatever i don't want them mm. to just be like total pricks like well, yeah, maybe maybe Sagarera should have gotten some money for his kid in the hospital. Isn't there a big? If we're doing spoilers, isn't the big twist that that you think the kid is a boy and it turns out to be a girl? Uh, you're thinking of uh, one of the TV shows that I've watched. So uh, <laughs> yeah. quit huh? skipping. Yeah, quit skipping segments. I do like that. It's a 
I feel like it's one of the only major movies, at least at the time, that the one of the main characters, the ticking clock is that she's a diabetic and needs her medicine. Like that's mm-hmm. not a that's not a uh, an element that is introduced in a lot of major motion pictures at least. So I thought that was an interesting and unique plot point to the movie. She has like this. Yeah. She needs her insulin, and like they're stuck in this room and can't like get her her life saving medicine. Yeah, I like the way that it played out, and I like the that scene with Forrest Whitaker giving her the insulin and everything, and how he doesn't know how to do it. Hey, you're gonna have to walk me through this. Yeah, I thought I thought everyone did a good job. I thought because Jared Leto was playing a uh, like self-centered prick, like I appreciated his it's unique for him performance. Yeah, <laughs> the performance that he did. Some sometimes those really asshole characters uh, or actors, I should say, not characters, but um, asshole actors can really work in one in an asshole role. Mm-hmm. But you, you're like, I really hate this person, and it benefits the performance. Yeah, and this was one of those cases where like even though I hate seeing that guy on screen, I was supposed to hate him on screen. So everything kind of worked out. Um, and it, it was weird though. It also has uh, David Fincher's uh, signature, like zooming through the house, through yeah. the floors, through mm-hmm. like the windows and stuff. Through keyholes uh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And how did he get yeah, those it, cameras so small? <laughs> hey, share, my, share your secrets. Micro cameras. Go wow. through it can pass between the molecules. It's it's on the quantum level. It oh, no. he's <laughs> oh wait, did he loan them to Marvel for the Ant Man yeah. movie? He's technically a it's producer on special uh, cameras. He's technically a producer on Quantum Mania, the next Ant Man movie. Wow. He was also in Quantum Leap. The other movie I watched was Real Geniuses, which is um, <clears throat> Baby Geniuses, an older too? movie with Baby Geniuses too. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> You said real yeah, geniuses. Baby geniuses too. It, oh, oops, my bad. I yeah. meant baby geniuses too. Thank you. And it has Val Val Kilmer in college. He's like um, like a really real smarty pants. And um, there's another student who is kind of the next smarty pants. And they're basically trying to uh, work out how to do this laser. The, the, the cover of the movie like, is just like Val Kilmer like looking kind of like it's just like a almost like there's like a glowing light behind him. Am I remembering this correctly? You might be. I don't know if I uh, saw the. Uh, that but, sounds right to me. But um, I I really like the fact that in the end it turns out like these guys are engineers, right? And they have to figure this out, and they're trying to prove that they can do it, and that they're you know that they're smart and they're worthy of this stuff. But then um, at the end, it turns out it's just being used to like to liquefy human beings from space like it's just being used by the military and so Mm -hmm. they kind of have to like go in and sabotage the thing that they've created uh because it's often being used for military stuff and i think it's interesting because there are like i think a lot of really smart engineers and and um physicists and a a bunch of stuff get their stuff used by by really small-minded people who are thinking only about you know how to use it for awful things Mm -hmm. how to make money off of it that kind of stuff so i thought that was cool that that's the way that the movie went that's the way it ended the other thing i realized during this is that young val kilmer is essentially robert sheehan who uh is in umbrella academy as the the seance as um oh god what's his name the one who can see ghosts or whatever yes Yes. oh 
and I forget his name. It's terrible. Uh, he was also in Misfits, but um, it was funny because seeing seeing Val Kilmer in this role, younger and everything like that, like a lot of the facial expressions, a lot of the um, energy, everything was just like really radiating the same thing that Robert. Did he do the the like the the Iceman Chomp from uh, Top Gun? <laughs> Maybe I missed it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he did the Iceman Chomp. Do the Iceman Chomp. The Iceman Chomp. Do the Iceman Chomp. <laughs> Uh, another movie I watched was called Hall of Giants, and it's just a documentary about the the creation of the Fremont Troll, and it oh. features features my dad. I was gonna ask uh, if your dad was in it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ooh, a little self promotion. Okay, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, it's not necessarily self. Not the time for nepotism, nepotism. but <laughs> sure. New uh, segment, new segment, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Max is having a big, a big bag of money is being passed to him from off camera. <laughs> what the hell? By my own family. By his dad. Wait, yeah. A troll's holding it. It's called Early Inheritance. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a, a documentary that um, I don't think it got a wide distribution or anything like that. But I have several DVDs if you guys want to borrow them. Uh, <laughs> He's trying to unload merch. <laughs> it's a good one. Though. Look it's at those boxes it's in the background. Of... What is that? It's just like a. Oh my god. I... Plenty, are, you, wait, are you living in a warehouse? What's going you on? Be, you guys got any friends? Who needed no giants? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, it's good. It kind of talks about the gentrification of, of Fremont, how it's changed, what the the feeling was at that time, what the artists were thinking, creating it, and, and kind of how the how it came about and what it means to to the people. We built the troll to, st- to, to scare away the gentrifiers, but it didn't work. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> They go into that. Um, but it was good. It was, it was fun. Uh, and if you guys want to borrow a DVD, let me know. Jeez, I got we can't. Se- several boxes full. Of <laughs> also, we can't have I'll one. Drop, we I'll can borrow it, but it sounds we like we can, can buy one. <laughs> yes, you can buy one for, for just a low, low price of $20. <laughs> it's a school for these DVDs. The, okay. And then I also watched three of the five Bourne movies. Uh, whoa, the first whoa. three, the original Bourne trilogy before it uh before Renner. before Renner and then before the return to uh Matt Damon. Yeah. And uh I'll watch I'll get around to watching those at some point, but they're pretty good. I forgot that Carl Urban is in the second movie. He's like the the oh the hunter of of Bourne. Mm-hmm. And he unfor in the second movie, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna do spoilers. I'm always doing spoilers. Uh, but if you want to watch a Bourne movie, the, just skip. The like, Bourne ultimatum at this point is now 15 years old. So, like, I think you're fine. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, but I, I also, I feel like somebody might have wanted to watch it and, and never got around to it. This is going to sure. remind them, and then they don't want to spoil it. So, anyway, here I'm going to say some spoilers. At the beginning of Bourne Supremacy, or pretty close to the beginning, um, they kill off his girlfriend from mm-hmm. the first movie and it feels like it's not earned. It feels like she got fridged. I don't like it. Carl Urban did it. And did they drop a fridge on her? It's a shame. A shame. Do you, have you heard the term fridge? It can be yeah, cheeky. It, it, ori- it originated cheeky, in uh, Indiana Jones and the crystal skull when you're trying to, uh, <laughs> when they fridged that character, yeah. I was like, that was a shame. Yeah. She got, so she gets saved from the bullet by being inside of a fridge. <laughs> Almost indestructible. I'd be so funny if that's what someone thought of being fridge was. Is like, yeah, like the 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 day X Machina fridge that saves everyone. It's like, oh, geez, good thing I was in that fridge. Too bad. Like, uh, too bad man, they didn't go really into. The, too bad they didn't escape to the movies. fridge and panic room instead. Yeah, 
one of my favorite scenes i i love like good like a good food movie especially when they get fridged and they go go right in there and get some food oh my god <laughs> love to eat it. Yeah. my favorite i don't know why these ladies are always complaining about the female characters being fringe fridged fringed fringe yeah getting fringed. i think someone got fridged on fringe <laughs> and that's it and it was probably like a haunted fridge or something weird that was it that was it that was it for the that's movie? all you've seen that's oh I've seen. that's yeah disappointing but okay only those uh 15 movies that i've mentioned <laughs> let's go back to the ones that you you watched I will get back to him. We'll bring him back. <laughs> All right. How about you? Drew, what about you? Uh, I, I think like you, Robert, oh. the, I mostly just watched the movie that we watched for today. It was took up a lot of my- What did this thing do to us? Yeah, it took up a lot of my movie watching time. <clears throat> trying to, I mean, I I guess, did I have I talked to you guys? I watched all the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, uh, I think I, you talked to, to us about the Hobbit movies last time. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So I watched also the Lord of the Rings movies right after that. And my takeaway from watching all six movies is I think I like the Hobbit movies a little bit better than I remembered. And I like the Lord of the Rings movies a little bit less than I remembered. What? Ooh, yeah. Hot and, take. Uh, a goodbye, guys. <laughs> leave Robert distraught. There's I can't just, imagine ever just liking the Lord of the Rings movies less. I think it's just, it's uh, like, because so much of the movie falls on the shoulders of Elijah Wood and he's a great actor. There's just some weird, he makes some weird choices in the movies that I'm just not, I guess like I didn't mind before. And now I'm watching and I'm just like, oh, that's a weird, he's making a little, a little bit of a weird choice there, but of course, that's why and he by got a weird choice. You mean like taking the ring and, and well, going to yeah, Mordor? Yeah, going like, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Um, he should have kept it. And choosing, you know, yeah. Choosing, uh, like a badass. Choosing Gollum instead of Sam. I mean, like, what's he doing? You know what I mean? Um, do you mean just like, is there like something that sticks out for you? Like a little he scene just had, or a way he, he just has something? weird, there's just, he has like weird line deliveries that might be like editing things or, you know, like, I don't know. Just, there's just, he, he's kind of sticks out to me as, the one who seems to be doing the weirder acting choices. But again, that's maybe that's why I got Willard. You know what I mean? Weird guy. <laughs> um, it does seem like a weird guy, but yeah, in I, a good way. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, he's delightfully weird in real life, but um, yeah, I don't, I mean, did, I didn't dislike the movies. I just think like my, I, going into watching them, I, my opinion of Lord of the Rings was very high and my opinion of The Hobbit was low and they kind of just shifted a little bit opposite ways for both. Not like huge swings, but just a little bit. I think, I think, I think oftentimes that'll happen. They're like the hype and reverse hype of like expecting yeah. something to be terrible or expecting something to be great and then it's like it's good or it's bad and it just like it doesn't seem as bad as you were expecting it to be. It kind of becomes that legendary, like, oh, I remember it being terrible. And then it's mm -hmm. just like pretty bad. Yeah. So in like yeah. the, when you first watched it, you would just come off the Lord of the Rings, like, absolutely loving it. And then when you saw The Hobbit, you were so disappointed <laughs> by it. I know Robert's Robert making the funniest right seething now. right now. <laughs> but you, so you come off of the, the Hobbit. It's the first time you've seen anything like that. Nothing's been done. Three movies like that. Yeah. It's, it's shockingly amazing. Right. And so you're you're that's an expectation that gets lifted. It's so great. And then you go into The Hobbit thinking this is the guy who made or yeah, this is the guy who made Lord of the Rings and 
that was fantastic. I'm going to love this. And The Hobbit is just a CG mess. And you go, oh, yeah. this is such a travesty. This is terrible. Uh, I'm so disappointed. But then then those thoughts get locked into your mind, right? Like mm-hmm. this was such an incredible, revolutionary, groundbreaking movie. And then the other one, this was such a disappointment by that uh, director. And now you've seen a ton of other movies that have kind of had this huge, like continuing story going on. It's not as novel, maybe, as it was the first time you watched it. Totally understandable. Yeah. So that's that's my uh, final. I'll never speak of these movies again, and these are my final opinions of them, and I'll they'll never change. Uh... <laughs> now Robert just exploded yeah. into confetti. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the movies I've watched. Um, let's talk about TV shows. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. We've seen Robert. You watch any TV, or did Justice League also burn you out on? Now the TV. Now TV. I've actually seen. All right, here we go. Here um, we go. watched a bunch of The Simpsons. Um, I'm, I'm. It's research for a segment I'm doing, and so I've just been jumping around, and including like some older like season. I don't tend to go to season one or two. Mm-hmm not as much three i feel like my golden my golden age is like well three or four to eight or nine is probably like the golden age for me yeah um but i've been i've been going through and watching a lot of episodes really great and it's funny to go back to the first and second and just hear how how weird the voices are compared to the way they kind of hit their stride eventually um and there was a discussion i was having with some folks about how like the Simpsons house isn't really like plotted and planned out um, to begin with. And now it feels like a standard of a lot of animated uh, shows like Bob's Burgers and um, maybe King of the Hill at some point was like that, but like you actually understand the layout of the house and there, it sort of helps it exist and feel a little more grounded. But Simpsons infamously has some rooms that seem to like float around or appear <laughs> or no, and disappear exist, yeah. from episode to episode. Yeah, the I think the hall closet. As soon as you enter the Simpsons home, there should usually be a hall closet um, on the side of the stairs, and that sometimes is not there, and also sometimes is next to a door to the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the rumpus room that I think you can look it up, and it's only appeared in like eleven or twelve episodes or something. One of them is when Homer is sitting; he, it's like a beanbag chair, and he's watching TV. And Marge is like, "Hey, will you check on the boys and make sure they're okay?" And he looks out and sees like them fighting over the comic book in the treehouse mm-hmm. and lightning striking they're it. Fine. He's like, they're fine. But that room is so weird. It's like, it's it's bizarre to see him watching TV anywhere but the living room. Is that also, is, that and, one also exists in the um, the one where Bart gets a, an older brother and he's yes, like, that's all, tonight on Wings. Shot. Tonight on Wings. Eh, who cares? Eh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the same one where he almost like gets up from the living room because everyone's like, Bart, 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 and like <laughs> yeah. trying to get him to remember. Yeah. And then he like randomly ends up in that room watching TV somewhere else. And I was like, why would he move rooms? And then it's like, you look at it, it's like the same footage. Yeah. Um, but then, and then someone suggested just do like a marathon of episodes that all feature. It's like the 13 episodes that feature that room or whatever would be a fun, uh-huh. a fun, like a uh, uh, watch. Yeah. Um, so I watched a lot of that. Always good to go back to, to that. Um, Falcon winter soldier, but we will talk about that in the future. We're only two episodes in. Yeah. Um, Detroiters, I recently got, uh, Paramount plus, uh, 
the trial to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got some cool stuff on there, particularly some TV. Like I watched some, um, well, Detroiters obviously, but before that I watched a little, just a couple episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because that's all on there. Mm-hmm. That was really fun to revisit. I could have sworn I saw the premiere of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But it looks like it came out in 1990 mm-hmm. on Halloween. And I was like, well, I just, I wouldn't have been old enough I would have been like four. I don't think I would have been old enough to remember. So what I must be remembering is on a subsequent Halloween, they probably also played it or like, you know, replayed the first episode because I do, I remember a Halloween where either I went out and got back in time to watch it, or maybe even like said, like, I want to be back before X time so I can watch. Are you afraid of the dark? Sure. Um, so it was fun to revisit. And I also forgot that. Did you guys watch it very much when you were younger? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Um, do you remember Andrew Dr. Vink? No. He's like a recurring character in the show. And he is in the first episode where the kids get lost in the woods and this guy brings them to a cabin and he's like a weird doctor who gives them a riddle. And when they can't answer it, he, he kicks them out. And then um, he pops up in a bunch of apps. Like he's, he's in one where this movie theater is showing movies and a vampire can like come out of the screen and he's the one who gave them the film print. And I was like, I didn't remember that this guy, this actual actor, and then also this character was in so much of this series because they're also like, other than the Midnight Society, it's usually completely different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so odd that all these kids are like making up stories and are like, I'm going to put that Vink guy in my story <laughs> yeah. also. That was a good character um, that you came up anyway, with. I'll use it. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got a story for you guys, and it might feature a character we've all talked about. <laughs> yeah. They all start um, cheering whenever Dr. Vink gets introduced, just like a cutaway yeah. of like this scary story, then all of a sudden, and Dr. Vink, yeah! Yes! He did it! <laughs> he. Um, the first step is also funny because the, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about Detroiters eventually, but the they bring a kid in to become a member of the Midnight Society. He's blindfolded because they don't want him to be able to see anyone or where they're at until he's become a member. And they also say, you tell a scary story and we all vote. And if it's not unanimous, you're out. So not even one of the kids can like, not like the story. Um, And also he's like really aggro. He's almost like the, not the bully, but definitely like the chip on his shoulder kid. Mm -hmm. Cause he's like, Hey, if you let me finish my story, you little punks, maybe I'll, and I was like, why do they even, who, who brought this kid? Why did they want him in the group? He doesn't even seem like the kind of guy who'd be like, I've got a scary story. I'll tell you guys. Um, But it was fun to revisit, fun to go back. And I think there's other stuff like uh, the adventures of Pete and Pete and other shows that I'm excited to kind of uh, jump into, Mm -hmm. but Detroiters, that's the one um, I was watching for the first time. That is um, uh, Sam Richardson and uh, Tim Robinson from, I think you should leave Mm -hmm. on Netflix, um, which is incredibly funny. And they just wrapped uh, shooting their second season. And Detroiters was from a few years before that, like 2017, I think. Um, and it's really funny. They're both, they both go by Sam and Tim mm-hmm. in the show. Probably makes it easy. And they're it's, both called Sam and Tim. They're both called Sam and Tim, which is really bizarre. These two <laughs> the exact same weird name. Yeah. They both um, love Salmon and they're named Tim. <laughs> uh, they are like not very good ad, uh, like, like they make ads and commercials for people. And they're just, they're like, I wouldn't say failing upwards. They occasionally uh, make something happen, but it's usually by accident. Um, but it's super, super funny. And if you have seen uh, them in other stuff, I would definitely recommend 
checking it out because I was pleasantly surprised. And it's one of those shows that I'm upset that I waited so long to sit down and actually watch it because it's really hilarious. And I could have been quoting it, making everyone sick of me for years. Oh, well, that's where we got sick. Um, yeah, you um, all back. The only other thing I saw, and and Max, I don't know if you ended up watching more episodes or not. Uh, Invincible on Amazon. Just watched the first one so far, but I will be watching the rest of it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was very pleased with it. Um, the I like the art style. It's like sometimes seems like a little like simple, like it's not like going a million miles a minute. But I think in particular, like in the first episode, it's kind of it introduces the the Justice League of their world, the Guardians of the Globe, all the major players, and then no spoilers because it's brand new, but. Oof, the end of that first episode is uh, feels like all of a sudden the, the animation like ramps up. They were like saving it for that mm-hmm. for that ending. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's awesome. I I loved it. The first Took episode off, caught me off guard. Yeah, the first episode also has like the thing where like the episode kind of ends like four different times, and I was like, what am I watching the Snyder cut here? Like, come on, let's get to the and then like of <sighs> course the actual ending happens, and I was like, oh damn, like all right, I got you, I got you. Yeah, so far they're doing a thing where at least in the first three episodes, they've done a thing where it's like, like, you know, start the credits not, you know, and then, well, and like, well, and the, well, the title in particular where it's like, Hey, you can call me. And then it says like invincible. And they do that actually in the other reps too, where I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I, I wonder how they're going to do that in every episode. <laughs> um, someone just me. going through a, through a dictionary. Huh? Yeah. What's this word? looks like invincible. <laughs> comes up. Um, We'll see if they if they keep doing that. Um, what was that Mark yeah, Wahlberg really movie it, called where he's like the football player? Wasn't it called Invincible? Huh, what's the name of that one Robert Kirkman comic book? I wrote it a couple <laughs> years ago. It was called Invincible. Oh, yeah. Um, Why did they change Science Dog to Seance Dog? Dude? I thought that was really funny, though. Oh, that is it. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> and I think part of that part of that could be that literally he that's a separate. It exists as a comic in Invincible, but it is also a comic that he made eventually like i think oh, i bought an issue is there a so part of it could it, yeah it could be a rights thing where he was like yeah you can option invincible but the comic he likes is no one. longer going to be science dog okay. um, and if you look the poster behind his bed is it looks like a doctor strange dog like flying through the air uh-huh. he's like yeah he's the master of the magical arts so i was like oh that's very funny it was weird um, to me because like the original science dog is quite a bit like tom strong from alan moore mm-hmm. uh wearing like the red shirt and everything like that mm-hmm. and then this one was obviously yeah doctor strange mm-hmm. i just um, thought that that seems like it would be more of uh, a like rights issue to me but like uh, like you said, probably because Science Dog became its own thing and they don't necessarily All have that. the rights to that. I think they did a couple things where just a few minor things were like they changed the genders and um, mm-hmm. uh, of a couple characters, which I think is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Less of a boys club. And I think Amber, I think Amber is cast like differently. I, I think she was like she's like blonde white and white originally. in the comics, right? And then yeah, the, yeah this one she's yeah, and then go ahead. She's black, and then also. Um, the the green ghost their kind of green lantern alt mm-hmm. in this one was um was a black guy and now he's like a black woman hmm. so little little changes like that yeah. which i think just make more sense for based on the amount of time it's been out and stuff just kind yeah. of like to kind of widen everything up a little bit the voice cast um, the voice cast not widen yeah the voice cast is great um, oh my gosh! I, we've, I can't remember if we talked about it on on pod or not, but like yeah, Stephen Yoon, J.K. Simmons, Sandra O, oh, um, a bunch of the Guardians of the Globe are like famous actors too. 
And then um, Clancy Brown Zazzy, is in it. Isn't Zazzy Beats in there? Zazzy Beats is Amber. Um, Gillian Jacobs voices Adam Eve. Jason Manzukis, Rex Blood. Like it's just it's a long, long cast voice cast, but it's really good. And like for any, like we're all fans of the comic, and I think we all agree that this is like a pretty good adaptation. And hopefully, uh, when they change the artist in the comics, they also oh. change the artist in the show. <laughs> too. <laughs> if they do that i will not i will be <laughs> or you know it'd be funny though they have a character show back up and it's like you look differently yeah, yeah. different artists uh, um I, I like the idea that there's one person animating this whole yeah story. right mm-hmm. yeah that's what that's what i assume i'll be mad if it's um, not i also want to mention that the, the voice cast that isn't famous is also great yeah <laughs> yeah, like yeah the, right there are some oh, yeah. people i saw in there i was like i don't recognize that person but they're doing a great job yeah yeah the only one i would say that is miscast and maybe you haven't gotten their net uh max is uh cecil i, okay, I feel like yeah, the cecil I, voice doesn't really match but i agree Wait, I'll agree C- that. he's he's kind of like an older guy and and okay. and he just doesn't especially like the way he looks he's not the guy who makes the uh the costume no right? no, no no he's no that? that's the tailor that's that's mark hamill this, this guy has like the scar down his face and like the he's balding with a little white and he's in that's charge right. of the the that's, that's they, right. they might have even renamed that like whatever the organization is that helps underneath the cia i don't oh, remember yeah, but you're, maybe it's been right. it, it's been so long since i've read the comics that there are a lot of things where i'm like oh yeah that seems right and it's weird because like certain they'll put a a person's face in a certain um pose and i'll be like i i kind of remember that um mm-hmm that panel from the comic but then i looked back to some of the like early like the guardians of the globe and stuff and their their characters like they redesigned war woman and they redesigned like quite a few just like small changes here and there but they all work they all they all feel yeah good. they like simplified a few things i think like um the detective the dark blood or whatever like he has like a weird bodysuit on underneath his uh trench coat which i don't think he had before but i don't know if it's sillier to have him wear human clothes or have him wear like a weird sort of superheroish bodysuit and i'm like oh doesn't really make a difference to me i guess like it's yeah. he's a demon it doesn't i mean it's one is not stranger than the other for for my tastes um and i think Ro- robert kirkman was involved in uh writing this is that right oh. the tv show i think you i saw an interview with them and he was involved in the interview so i think he did have uh at least something to do with making this show so it's cool that they got the original creator to yeah uh weigh in on it agreed robbie got any more tv to talk about uh no i think that's about it for me max what about you uh let's see i watched well i started i haven't watched a full season of two shows that involve a uh famous person who uh gets saddled with a kid that uh, doesn't belong to them, but mm-hmm. uh, they have to hang out with for a bit. <laughs> I watched Turn Up Charlie with Idris Elba, who becomes a, a babysitter for a slightly problem child, but only one episode. It um, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. So I just didn't continue with that. I also started AJ and the Queen, which has uh, RuPaul uh, going on kind of a road trip with this, this kid, like a, um, a neighbor kid in a place that got evicted had no place to go really and that one's uh like it has its ups and its downs within every episode so every episode is going to be both good and bad mm-hmm. uh but it's it's held my attention enough to continue on i think three or four episodes in, maybe up to five i would say 
Um, but I'll probably finish out that season. Haven't done it yet. I also watched a documentary called Murder Among the Mormons, which is about uh, these uh, um, these murders that happened, like a couple explosions, pipe bombs that were set off in um, in Salt Lake City. Wow. They went into researching, and it has to do with um, like old Mormon documentation, like art art dealers who are like selling um, like a, old art pieces that have to do with with the Mormon religion, uh, and it's it's very interesting. It's like it's kind of brutal at certain points, and they pro- show maybe more than they should like show actual uh, shots of the devastation that happens in mm-hmm. certain areas and um, it, a fairly low body count though. Like I think two people end up dying in the whole thing, but it's still, you know, pretty, pretty brutal. Um, and it's weird cause they do have some, I think quotes from the, the guy who did it and uh it's weird to hear his uh his thoughts on everything like how you can treat a life so callously and it's it's shocking to think that people like that are out there right Mm -hmm. uh but it's an interesting watch what what'd you say not for not really but yeah yeah not for robert (laughs) not for yeah like really fits right in it uh yeah i will yeah i won't get it anyway um I also watched The Witcher with Superman, mm-hmm. Henry Cavill playing The Witcher, and uh, I'm liking it. I think he does a really good job. I think the show, um, it's not perfect, but it does a lot of things right. It's, it's pretty cool, and I like to see the the world unfolding, the world that they've created. Pretty high production value for most of it. Uh, there, are, there are some sketchy CG parts because it's a TV show, but... Um, yeah, pretty pretty great. I would recommend it. Uh, if you're at are all they doing a second season of that? Witcher. Yes. When I got to the end of season one, it said, uh, it's official. A new season's coming. Uh-huh. So that's how I know. <laughs> they, say, they just say that? Yeah. They, it's they just a, it's Henry Cavill comes on and he says it in his American accent. But that's all what? I've seen in terms of TV show, uh, TV shows. Andrew, what have you seen? Uh, my wife and I started watching... Uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus, which is oh a sequel series to the Mighty Ducks. I kind of liked it. Like it's corny and it's you know mostly kid actors, but it's also got Lauren Graham and Emilio Estevez in it. Um, there's one of the kids is a podcaster, and I found him to be funny and probably the the one of the highlights of the show. He's very cute. Um, wow, get him on the show. Yeah, let's that's rare get him for a guest. podcaster. Um, yeah, right. I just something about what he does really interested me. Um, <laughs> so we enjoyed that. Uh, we've been watching Young Rock, which I think is also pretty fun. Um, about so, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it's, when it's he like the child. It, so it's the fanny pack. It's set in 2020, like 2032, and he's running for president. And so he's like recapping his youth uh, to Randall Park, who's playing himself, interviewing. Dwayne Johnson it's it's sort of a little meta it's, joke but it's 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 good I like it but it is like 
the way that he is preparing people for him to actually run for president. Yeah, yeah. Right? There is a there has always been a rumor that he may at that point in his life actually run for president. So So this is actually about Dwayne, This is like a campaign. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's a like uh eleven years in the future. This is sort of him like crossing that T and then like when he does run for president, probably in twenty thirty two, there will be this show about him running for president in twenty thirty two. They'll be like, was there anything sketchy about The Rock in the ass? And we're like, no, just watch the show. Yeah, there's nothing. There's a whole they, show about it's, it. Exactly, <laughs> it's exactly yourself. his childhood. Nothing, nothing else happened. Um, but that- what do you think? What do you, Andrew, as the resident uh, World Wrestling Federation. Uh-huh. Uh, Not what it's called anymore, but. <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment. Thank you. Studio. <laughs> uh, what do you think about The Rock in a presidential run? The the like I want to get political here. <laughs> I, I no I, I um I don't I don't think he's like um he's he's a really smart guy. I think he's like very like I think he he truly I think he cares a lot, which is like something that I feel like is 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 necessary in a world leader. I think like he's a person who wants to do right by a lot of people. But I think in terms of his views, I think he's probably surprisingly more conservative than people would imagine that he is in terms of his own political views and and beliefs. So I, I mean, I don't know, like, would he be worse? Like, would he be really that worse than a lot of people who have held office recently? No, but is he the ideal? Like, that's a fair point. Like I just, but like, that's a low, like that's not a high bar that we should all strive for. Um, yeah, like to be, to be honest, I, I would like, it wouldn't, I don't think he'd be the world's like the worst person to come from this position to then go on to be president. I think there's, and that's also not a high bar to jump over. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm like 50, 50 on it. I, I don't like, I don't want there to be like a precedent of like, just celebrity you know, celebrities presidents? becoming presidents, but also like, I'm not sure that I necessarily feel good about like lifetime politicians becoming president either. So <laughs> yes. Okay. Fair enough point. Cause yeah, going into this, I was saying, I was thinking, right. Like in terms of uh, presidents who have come from entertainment, we have Reagan, we have Trump so far, a very bad track record yeah. in my opinion. But then if you also take presidents who have come from politics, you also have a very terrible track record. Right. So maybe like it's time to start drawing from some other yeah. pools. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, based on like, based on what I know about him as a person, like I just think he's, I think he's like a, a, a pretty decent level headed person in real life. The Dwayne Johnson, the person. And you know, like I, I don't know, I guess I'm not, entirely sure how i feel about it but will he declassify the UFO? i can't wait until <laughs> go ahead rob oh robert's frozen uh, oh i'm getting uh i'm getting uh something happens um oh, he's oh yeah, can you hear me i, I was getting an unstable yeah i can hear you now okay you're moving again no can you hear me again yes yes Yes. Okay, cool. I, I got an unstable for a second. Um, I was going to say, I hope the uh, the next plague, uh, when President Johnson cures it, uh, he says, uh, sings his famous song, You're Welcome. <laughs> and that was worth it. There we go. Yeah, finally. The delivery was on point and perfect. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, the only the only other te- was coming. Yeah. Uh the the only other show I'll mention very quickly is Keenan, uh, another NBC show starring Keenan Thompson. Um about really, him becoming president. Yeah, also about him becoming president in 2032. Uh it's really it's it's weird that they air on the same night next to each other. Um I like it a lot. I think it's very cute. It's very it's funny. Um I am enjoying the uh the the dichotomy between like him and his two kids which I think are like two like TikTok stars that they found and like hired to be actors in the show. Um, but they're both really good. Chris Red, who was really funny in Pop Star, it plays Keenan's brother and manager. And yeah, I'm I'm enjoying that show too. So two sitcoms that I'm enjoying at the moment. Hell yeah. Guys, nice. shall we get into it? Shall we talk about the oh. Snidey Cuts? Let's do it. All right, here we go. We can cut my film into pieces. I'll release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. (laughs) All right, guys. This is Justice League. Oh, my God. Justice League. (laughs) Zack Snyder presents Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hashtag the Snyder Cut. Uh, before we get into plot stuff, we always do this at the end. Let's let's start at the beginning. Would you recommend people watch Zack Snyder presents Zack Snyder's Justice League: The Snyder Cut? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I don't. I can't think. There might be a maybe one person I know who I would recommend. No, I think I would probably no matter what. If somebody yeah, really wanted would to Max watch, it, I would watch? Tamp it no. Down. no. <laughs> Don't do it. It's so bad. It's so bad. I um I will say um, I think if you are a person who has watched the DC universe up to this point and you have been displeased what universe? The the <laughs> the uh the wonderful the, wonderful the grim movies and then the other ones that seem to be not connected anymore. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um I don't like it's runtime is really a barrier. The fact that this movie is four hours and two minutes. And I thought when that, that two minutes, that two minutes really also. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, when I, when I saw that runtime, I thought like, well, like a lot of movies, it'll have like 15 to 20 minutes of credits or something. This movie, the credits are like seven minutes. So like, this is a true Zack ne- Snyder. Is <laughs> Written by Zack Snyder, directed by Zack Snyder. All the casting is all Zack Snyder too. Um, it it really runs like three hours fifty seven minutes. Like it it is it is a almost full four hour movie. Um, but I there are parts of this movie I like, and I think like if you're a person who has been like, I mean obviously there's a lot of like Snyder cut freaks who like made this happen, and good on them that like their 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 dream came to fruition and they made uh uh wb spend 70 million dollars making this movie but also the the circumstances of Zack snyder having to drop out of justice league i'm glad that he got to do this project that he obviously had a lot of passion for Mm -hmm. and you know the reasons why he had to drop out are horrible and tragic but you know um if this gave him some closure i'm glad that he got that also but um if you're a person who enjoys the DCEU for what it is, I think that there obviously 
I like this one better than the Whedon version of this movie. Um, but the, the runtime is a real, it's a real barrier of entry. So it's a, it's a real, real, real slight recommendation. If you are a person who enjoys the DC movies and that's, that's about it for me in terms of recommending this movie. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. let's you, get in. You say, you say you, you liked it. You liked it more than the Whedon cut. Yes, I did. Okay. I think that's, I think that I'm, I'm like fairly confident and definitive in saying that I like it a lot better than the Whedon cut. Interesting. 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 Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't and want to feel the exact opposite, but this is, I feel the, like pretty much Max and Robert are about to kick everything. the shit out of me right now. <laughs> Here we go. We're cracking our knuckles. Here we go. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm glad that this cut exists. I think that it's good that we were able to see what Zack Snyder was going to do with it. I think it's a good lesson to everyone who's interested in making a movie, but doesn't want to cut any of their stuff and really wants to put everything in there. You can see the difference between what a four hour movie and a two hour movie looks like. (laughs) Uh, As it turns out, two hours of film. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, this movie is terrible. It's a bad watch. None of it makes sense. He added a lot, a lot of stuff that just makes characters less likable mm-hmm. than they were already when they were it, like the Justice League Whedon cut. I only enjoyed slightly because I had just watched the Snyder cut. <laughs> and in comparison to that, it was an improvement. But I could tell that if I had watched it just on its own and compared it to a different movie, it would have, I would have just been like, this is pretty awful. Mm-hmm. This is pretty bad. But because it explained some stuff that was left out in the four fucking hours of exposition of the Snyder cut, I just felt, well, this is done better. This is a movie that flows together. This is a movie that makes more sense. Although I will say at pretty much everything involving uh, Steppenwolf and then, by extension, Dark Side is a huge improvement in the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Everything mm. involving the heroes is pretty much, with a few exceptions, some stuff that Whedon added that's pretty terrible, like Flash falling on Wonder Woman, <laughs> like Booyah, like uh, the fist bump. I'm I'm mixed on it, but like for the most part, everything else I liked better about the Whedon cut than mm. the Snyder cut. And I, I feel like him going back and like removing that stuff to make Cyborg a whiny baby with, like, we're going to get into a lot more of it, but I really hated all the characters throughout, like everything that they said, I just rubbed me the wrong way in the Snyder cut. There were a few explanations that were added into the Whedon cut that I, I felt made those characters a bit more likable or at least understandable. Um, if we're comparing the two, and I did not, um, I did not watch rewatch the Whedon version of Justice League prior to this. Um, but based on my memory, and then coming off the heels of this, I feel like the Whedon cut is obviously much more sl- slapped together. It's clearly taking someone else's vision and trying to like marvelize it a mm-hmm. bit but that is also 
there's no reason it's it's purely Snyder's version of these heroes that have to be dark and grim and joyless and that is why I believe that Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam all feel better and more fun and but but are somehow in the same universe um or or not and I think by virtue TBD. of the characters actually feeling more like real characters um be it I mean, some of the jokes and or one-liners are bad, but it actually makes them feel more human that they're actually talking and speaking to each other with, with you know, differently than they are in the Snyder version. And that is why I believe, for me, that the Whedon one is superior. I, I think that this, I think that editors exist for a reason. And like you said, I'm happy if this gave him closure to actually make a four hour and two minute movie, but there's still so many problems with it that I'm shocked that this is what he would release as his masterpiece. Um, because I still feel like there's a lot of stuff that not only should be chopped out and it's just completely unnecessary, but things that just don't make sense and then make me go, well, if this is the definitive version, what, what are we doing here? Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. It's, um, it's, it's really funny to me that a, I mean, this also existed in the in the Whedon cut too, but a movie that is like it's you know this is supposed to be DC and Warner Brothers' answer to the Avengers, and the fact that it's it's almost the exact same MacGuffin. the The mother boxes are they're the Infinity Stones. Like it's just it's these things that the big bad is. Well, I mean, they're quite literally like opening the portals to. Like in the first Avengers movie, they it, it opens a portal that lets an enemy force occupy them, mm-hmm. and the mother boxes. This one like are terraforming the planet, but it does, is ostensibly like they have this invading force coming and and fighting them too. Right. So. Yeah, it's just a, the, a boom tube or a wormhole. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah, I I think like I I I agree with you guys in that I think like obviously having a two hour you know, whatever movie is preferable to having a four hour movie. That is already a plus in the column for the Whedon cut. Like the, the fact that this movie and like I was saying to you guys before we started recording, I think I watched this movie in like six or seven watches. Like this was not like a thing where I watched four hours straight or even two hours straight. Like I watched this in like maybe an hour max at like in a sitting. I didn't take a break. And that may color that might color my view of of the movie just because like I I I think I I think I probably would like it a lot less if I did sit in a 4-hour chunk. Robert, kudos to you that is a, that is a undertaking. Well, I mean, well I'm I'm curious. Is the intention that I'm supposed to sit there and watch it for 4 hours? Like does has Snyder said that's what he wants? I have no idea. Also because I, I feel like the only thing yeah, that we know, that it, the only thing that we know about this movie that he prefers is that it's in four three scale. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and that, that causes a, controversy because I don't, I don't know if that was, was that information out there before it hit the streaming services? I don't think so. I don't remember anyone mentioning that that was going to be the case, and it feels like even fans of his were like, "What the fuck is this?" This it was such a, a bad fucking idea. It's a, it was a all, truly baffling. I like as much as I enjoyed parts of the of the Snyder cut. The the idea the movie opens and it says to you know and to keep Zack Snyder's vision this movie is presented in four three at that moment I was like this pretentious fucking asshole <laughs> like get this shit off yeah. fill up my fucking screen yeah. like we don't like there's a there's a there's a reason why TVs are presented in widescreen format now because it fills up the f- I don't want like two bars of nothing 
on my screen when I'm there watching are, this movie. Cause I, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of recent movies. And I want to say like the lighthouse is one I saw yeah. that, that was in four, three. And I granted I saw that in the theaters, but I'm not against someone, uh, filming something in a certain way or having the aspect ratio ratio change. Um, what is it? Um, for the a, Batman hmm? for a reason though. You yes. can continue, but for a reason is the, I, I don't know what the reason is. If there is some justification or something that like is the idea that if this movie had come out as he had intended, you know, back, you know, in whatever year it was that it would also have been in four, three, is this a decision because it's on a streaming service? What would I, he have convinced a studio to let him put it out that way? What I read about it is he was saying he filmed some scenes from Batman versus Superman in IMAX. And so he really liked the feeling of that big square because IMAX, they expand it, uh, the top and bottom. Uh, in, it's a more square uh, thing. And so in this film, his idea was to do it in that same boxy format, but he didn't fucking film it in IMAX camera or anything mm -hmm. like that. He just filmed it with the normal character and then cut or with the normal camera and then cut the pieces out. It's not adding anything to it. So he's not a higher quality format. It's not any, it just squished the thing down and it doesn't look any better. It just cuts Wonder Woman out of some scenes and it just like, it is especially baffling the the last action scene they have a ton of red lasers going off and they keep deciding to put this fucking like lens flare on the side of the screen it almost looks like a video game hud you can tell you're being hit because the side of the screen turns red oh, and they yeah. keep doing this and because it's in four by fucking three it's tiny and so this thing takes up about 15%. If you have one going from the left and one going to the right, it's taking up 15% of the screen with just a fucking lens filler. Mm -hmm. What the hell? Bad move. Yeah. I, Bad I, moves all around. I really dislike this movie. There are a lot of things that like, okay, I'm going to go through a list of things that oh, yeah, are yeah, just I, way, way shittier in the Snyder yeah, Cut, in my it. opinion. All right. <clears throat> you got that scene with the, Norwegians singing to uh, Aquaman mm -hmm. and sniffing his fucking jacket. First of all, this is a theme that continues throughout. Every single guy is fucking amazing, and nothing like no girl can resist them. In the in the weed and cut, to be fair, it's the opposite, and that's a, a shitty thing. Aquaman has a terrible, terrible fucking line about how wonder how each one of these like. Uh, he's talking about the the people in the league. Well, you're this, you're this, you're this, and he gets to the Wonder Woman. And he's like, and you're beautiful. His eyes bug out like a, like a cartoon wolf and stuff too. It's a really bad fucking line. So that that's an improvement that that line didn't make it in this one. But okay, so uh, back to the shitty stuff. Uh, the I feel like Cyborg is a whiny terrible guy i think that his father committing suicide again another yeah, i didn't get that kent I, is unnecessary that, why did he have to be in the room when he did that i don't know either that was another that i i thought the exact same thing like this is just a i don't know if this is like a Zack snyder homage to him having pa kent commit suicide in order to teach a, oh, an God. unnecessary lesson but like that was the exact. It was like I was like, why did he? Why was it necessary for him to be obliterated as well? 
And even when they explain it later, okay, he was doing this in order to save him, you still think back, yeah, but it wasn't necessary for him to die. Right. He could have stepped on the other side of that fucking door, done the same thing. Cyborg would have kept him from getting destroyed by Steppenwolf. Well, Everything would have happened. And in that scene, it's, still it's tagging the mother box so that they can find it. And it'll like yes. superheat. It's like, this is the hottest object on earth. Now we can find it. It's like, well, we established earlier that Cyborg has the connection to everything technological, which means he could probably use a satellite to see a giant red egg in Russia. <laughs> no? Right. Yeah. Which I mean, they do. They do in the Whedon cut. They just say, hey, let's look for a large energy signature. And they that's the same thing. They this didn't was, have Cyborg kill his, have his dad kill himself for it. It was silly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Like, that's dumb. And in the in the Whedon cut, he ends up like it's an arc, right? You have the character who is not getting along with his father and then they figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. In this one, you have the, the same arc except the dad rather than like rather than wrapping it up and having things not saying that everything needs a happy ending, right? But rather than having this thing uh, actually function as an arc, it just it gets cut in half, essentially. Did he like, die at all? Is, like, what happened to his character in the Whedon one? No, in the very last scene, he in his uh, or the very last scene that he's in, he's got his arm around uh, Cyborg, and they're doing some experiments where Cyborg actually gets a decent fucking costume. That, oh, that's like, right. Showed up in he the bulks out, the and it looks movie. more like normal Cyborg. And it's like not the weird little edgy Transformers. Like, yeah, it doesn't look like Megatron. Oh. All right, so Steppenwolf is an improvement, the shape of Steppenwolf, at least, and and every single line that he has, I think. I liked his weird little pug face. I liked all that stuff, how he, he was, was really cute. bulky he and was everything a cute like pug. that. He was cute. But his spiky-ass armor was dumb. The fact that he looked like a Decepticon was stupid. Uh, did he just want to... Did he get really jealous that Michael Bay made the Transformers the way they did and just wanted to incorporate <laughs> that look? Because it's bizarre. I can it's hardly tell the difference between the two of these directors at this point. They they do really bad decisions that baffle me and are similar to each other. Um, the music in this movie also is really bad. And watching the weed and cut, I'm like, okay. Wait, there was music in your version? Mine was just um, <laughs> Ancient Lamentation <laughs> Begins. <laughs> Yeah, every, mine was just the ancient lamentation cut. Yeah. Is, is I think what I watched. Every once in a oh while, you get a God. little sting of Wonder Woman's like it. I did. Was that even in there? It was in there. It I, was. I like. I, wow. I I noticed it because I was like, man, this was missing from Wonder Woman 1984. Like this, even though I don't yeah. particularly love that sting. Just like when she enters a room and that thing hits, I was like, why wasn't this in 1984 at all? I agree yeah. with you. It's like, I don't like the Wonder Woman theme, but I, I know what it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, why didn't they use it? Especially since like, it's literally in Snyder's other movie with Wonder Woman. Right. That's yeah. what he, is, what, they, isn't that what he wanted? They did use it, but then they also, so they had that Wonder Woman theme and then they also had an Amazon theme. So every time there was something related to Amazons, which is also Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. So yeah. half the time she shows up, she gets that well, sting. There is that one shot where they just go over Brazil and I, it's the Amazon jungle and they do play that sting for a second also. <laughs> But just like the yeah the the lamentation music awful. And also they went to the Wait, Amazon does, um, fulfillment uh, warehouse and they also had yeah. the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone was on uh, ordering something. They're like Bruce is like I need to order this on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear like the. Ah. Okay, um, this, this is another thing I dislike. They have Batman and Alfred build a flying 
vehicle that can't fly, right? They're just <laughs> too stupid. They built an entire ship, but they're just like, I can't figure out how this flies. And Cyborg says at one she point, she wants to fly. It's, she wants to fly. It's a, it's a software issue. And so they get in there with a fucking soldering iron <laughs> and try and fix this shit. I'm like, are you serious? Well, Okay, Alfred now, and Max, Batman are the dumbest motherfuckers. Max, in the give world. them a break. They they were only fighting crimes for like twenty years. Okay, oh can you please give them a break? Like they, they only had a, a two decades to figure stuff like this out. What a stupid explanation! And so in the Snyder cut or in the in the Whedon cut, sorry, the way this plays out is that um, it's a regular airplane, and they say this won't get us there in time. And Cyborg says, "If I'm flying her, she will." That's it. So he like imp- I actually like that better. It's like he supercharges speed. it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. He still gets um, the credit for doing it, but it's it doesn't make Batman look like a fucking moron who built a plane with unfortunate the unfortunate uh, inability to fly. The like, what the fuck did he build? The the I mean like Zack Snyder. Let's let's like be, call a spade a spade. He writes meatheads. Like he three hundred is a meathead movie. Yes. In Batman versus Superman, the way that Batman trains to beat Superman is to get buffer. Like it's not to like outsmart him. He's like hitting a, a a tire with a sledgehammer. Like he, I don't think he knows how to write like nuanced like how do how do we solve this problem? His problem solving in movies is always beat it up. Like that's just his. Yes. He's so like Zack Snyder writes meatheads. It's weird to me that the, I don't. I do believe that Zack Snyder likes, maybe he likes these characters. I don't think he knows them very well, though. I th- I think, but I don't think he like. But his vision of them is so bizarre to me, and that's just what will never click with me. They, I don't. They I, aren't characters. Plot isn't plot. He just wants to make poses. He wants to make scenes. He wants to make things that are badass. I swear, every page of the script just says badass at some point. um i don't remember if this is in the whedon version or not but i thought it was funny when um what's up Ooh, roberts uh, i thought it was funny when um he uh, wonder woman is um helping um save the kids or for all the hostages and then mm-hmm. instead of like tackling or taking down the bad guy she like uses her bracelets to like vaporize the bombs and like blow the whole like building apart and like like he's dead. There's like blood stains on the wall. And then when she runs up to the little girl, she's like, I want to do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to extra, shatter like, people's bones yeah. and destroy them. Yeah. You want to murder with impunity? Like why, <laughs> what happened to like, what happened to this is well, by the way, this is the wonder woman that said you have to like use love. This mm-hmm. is after 1984. No. So this is the wonder woman that was like, we need love to defeat well, what we what we don't like. Know, love is what what she calls tapping her wrists together. Oh, yeah. that's you the also, name of the you movie. You also have to realize yeah. this movie is not canon, according to uh, Warner Brothers executives. The Snyder Cut is not canon. This is really, a, yeah they, they they have they have gone as far as to say this movie exists in an alternate timeline or an alternate universe than the DCEU, which could be a thing where like. Would you know, like whenever Flashpoint happens, if it ever does, that that you know, whatever. But this is this is a alternate dimension Justice League movie than what we have been experiencing. I mean, my my hope was always that uh, the Flash movie would be Flashpoint and literally reset everything into uh, some good films. Mm-hmm. But of course, you have 
Ezra Miller choking out fans. So I, yeah. I hope he doesn't come back, but they've already just recast um, his dad, his dad mm-hmm. um, which to me seems to be that the movie is going forward with him, which is really disappointing. I don't know why he hasn't been um, kicked off the, the filming so yeah. far. I haven't heard anything else about that news. Um, One thing they should have done with recasting his dad, they should have recast Billy Crudup as the Joker. If like in the scene where he finds out that his son got a job in the and new- And he starts laughing and Snyder he can't Cut. stop laughing. He has the Joker's <laughs> laugh. He's got this crazy huge smile. He does an amazing Joker. And then they have the Joker come in and instead it's fucking Jared Leto how, being a fucking prick. How, how crazy would that have been? That change like- uh he's like dad you've been in here for years he's like ever since i killed those rich people in that alleyway or whatever <laughs> you think they think i killed your mother really it's um oh okay i think the number one sin of the snyder cut is lois lane i think turning her into a coffee deliverer and baby ooh, maker, and she hates she likes the cop <laughs> yeah it's, Ooh, it's a more the police. it's just her character is so fucking stupid in this her character is just that she can't get over superman's now, death i, I have it, to disagree with you on this one thing max is she had a really heartfelt scene with martha kent that i thought wait a minute oh wait no never mind <laughs> it wasn't martha kent it, for some reason yeah and that scene now was completely undercut by the fact that it was actually martian manhunter yes, yeah <laughs> yes during that scene, I was okay because I I watched the Snyder Cut first before I watched the Wheaton Cut, uh-huh. and I was just thinking during that scene, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Right? Because but they're just talking about Superman the entire time. No, it doesn't. And then I realized, oh, it doesn't even count because it wasn't even two women talking. It was a fucking <laughs> two, Martian man. No hunter. two women yeah. talk to each other in this movie. I I mean, there's the Amazons. I would have to go. No, the okay. Amazons do talk yeah. to each other, but I. But but they also mentioned that like he's coming and stuff like to yeah, like the dark I, I side. So it might all be. It's not really a conversation so much as like oh the mother boxes, oh my god. Okay, so in the Snyder cut, here's how this shit fucking plays out, and it's so stupid. The Amazons for generations have forty Amazons staring at the box that is just sitting there, and they are pointing spears at it for forty years. They're what this is what they're doing, and at some point, hey man, they all need to take a shift. That's just part of the Amazon thing. It's and and then it has a crack in it, and they're like, Oh my gosh, after 40 years, this thing developed a crack. This is terrible. But you didn't mention what what caused the crack, right? I think it it just starts. We we get a retcon, the very first shot is like a retcon ending of. Uh, oh. uh, Batman for Superman, where he's sending out weird shockwave yells. He doesn't do that when he's being killed by Doomsday in the no. movie. This is new. So I think that's. I think that is in oh, the shockwaves. There is a Snyder cut of Batman versus Superman. Also, the, like the the ultimate edition is like a different. Like that's a different release of Batman versus Superman. But also. do Sonic? Does he generate Sonic I yells? I haven't go... watched it, but I have to. I have to believe mm. that that is probably part of his re, like redone Ultimate Edition. I don't even um, know if it is. I think he's. I just doubt doing... it. But then, because but, it, it so... basically follows the sound waves, and they travel, travel, yeah. travel. It goes one goes under, one goes over the ocean, and then down into the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know how like sound waves do. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes, and it and it like. And it kind of makes the Atlanteans perk up. And then the thing that actually, I think, breaks the box open is Superman's 
weird call. Yeah. Which, yeah. What is his connection to the mother? Is it just that he's powerful? It, what they're saying is that it knows now that um, he's not on the planet. And so it's ripe for the taking, right? Right for the pillaging. Yeah. Now the funniest, the, the stupid, the thing about this is Superman wasn't on the planet for generations. So the, right. this war happened back when, uh, Oh my God! There are so many things to dislike well, about this. As one, hold on a second, explains, Andrew. Were you gonna say something? The funniest thing about the mother boxes to me is there's one mother box being guarded by uh, unlimited Amazonians. There's one that's being kept in Atlanta, Atlantis, and then the third one is just in a closet, in a hole. <laughs> it's just like well, before that, in a hole. Yeah, before that, in a hole, and then later, just it's in the back of Cyborg's closet. Like it's just like like his. His fucking like cum sock might as well be on top of the on top of the mother. Jesus. Box. So, <laughs> I liked. The, I felt like that was a good pot shot at humanity, though, saying this is the, how the humans chose to hide it is not hiding it in any way whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The the dumbest of those the people in that war. Yes, they're oh, like bury in a hole. How deep? Eh, not very deep. Not fine. very deep. So. Uh, and then like also, anyway, but then like I, when a uh, when a uh, when cyborg decides to bury it. He like he doesn't even bury it like six feet underground. Like he buries it, and there's like maybe like an like half an inch of dirt on top of it when he buries it later. If 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 it kind of moved like it did, it would push the dirt up. <laughs> right, exactly. oh, okay, there's another thing I need to ask, and maybe this has changed in the in the Snyder cut of Batman vs Superman. Isn't the last shot of Batman vs Superman the dirt on his casket rising Raising because up, he's yeah. still alive? Yeah. So they play a heart, apparently they play a heartbeat of Superman, so he's already alive. And then they play the uh, the the dirt shaking and rising. So what was the point of the mother box? Because he's not dead. He's well in the weeding cut. They say that he is uh, like indestructible, right? So his cells are still down there, uh, but they're not activated. But not growing like beards. Not growing a mustache. I, None of this stuff. Oh, I, you know I what I thought was funny, it, and I, I do I'll, I'll give credit to one thing. Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Max. No, 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 go for it. I thought that it was initially reported by Snyder that Cyborg was going to be the heart of this movie. They definitely gave him a lot more, he's and he ended up, he's, and he ended up being like mm, pretty important for as far as all the other heroes go to the like finale, but. I feel like some of the stuff they added, like with the Flash and with Cyborg, undercuts then other things later on. When you establish that Cyborg has control of everything and can like, he was like, even the the markets of the world can like bend to your will. And they, sh they show that by showing a bear and a bull fighting in a digital sphere and he moves them apart. It's very funny. Um, I, all of their he, he does this good guy thing where he's watching a woman struggling. She can't make the bills. She's going to the store, blah, blah, blah. She's watching her life story of like how she's having a hard time. And then cut to him increasing her bank amount all of a sudden. Yes, going like this and making money appear. Oh my God, he changed her life. Little A little character hero moment. Okay, cool. But we've established that, that Martha Kent can't afford her house and they still have the thing at the end where it's a batman's like huh, i bought the bank and i was like cyborg is the bank he can do he can do anything why that doesn't matter now now the thing that made bruce rain wayne his superpower i'm rich well cyborg just has that too right. also he has it's, unlimited it's, access he has to everything. everything 
I also thought, and I'm curious that, what you guys thought. Well, oh, sorry, real go quick, ahead. I think that I think that that points to what Andrew said earlier is that Zack Snyder does not understand these characters, and I think that's that's glaring in everything that he's done. But the fact that he thinks that Batman's superpower is that he's rich, I, it, it could be that tossaway line, right? But it's just a really fundamental misunderstanding of what makes Batman Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm curious what you guys thought was the Flash intro, which is all new. Um, he's at a pet store, uh, or a kennel, kind of a pet store, and saves the day. I was dumbfounded to realize that was supposed to be Iris that he saves. Oh yeah. Um, I thought um, this was this this whole thing was yeah, and then and then uh, well, the and I was car- confused about a couple of things. So not only does he go so fast in that scene that in the other scenes in the movie where he needs to go faster and he's not, I'm like, why aren't you doing what you did very casually to begin with? It also just like, I was just confused. Like he turns to save the woman, Iris in the car accident. He rips out of his shoes. He turns so fast. And I was like, Oh, weird detail. And then he like tries to stop in the road and he's like grinding into the, into the ground. I was like, Oh my God, that would like, that would destroy your feet. But maybe that's just part of his power. He's like super invulnerable when he's moving fast. No, he. The, Batman mentions his suit has like super friction and and protection and stuff because he can't just do that without any sort of like, you know, protection on him. Also, so uh, it's like just a, another bizarre example. Yeah, and like big plot points of the movie later are that he does get hurt using his speed and then can't use his speed while he's hurt. But he does use his speed. Was this reversing time or does he use his speed to heal himself? Both. But like there's points where like he's supposed to like there's that point where he's supposed to like use the speed force to like power cyborg into the mother the mother box, but he gets like nicked mm-hmm. in the leg. He's like, oh my my calf. And like then like he blows the whole thing, but then he then after using the speed force to heal himself, then moves so fast that he reverses time. But they, Which they set up a little earlier. They set up the mother box in the ship with Superman. Like it does hit the water first and mm-hmm. then it goes back just a smidge. Like he almost, he reverses time just a second earlier. Yeah. Like, so I, they did at least set that up. But. Yeah. It, okay. So here's like going back to the Iris scene. Um, it really bugged me that it took place right after I, either right after or right before they talk about Cyborg's deal. And that he was in a car accident. And then they go, okay, let's do another car accident immediately after. <laughs> and then, like, also, the, this guy, so, like, what Cyborg does when he gets his powers is he tracks this woman's life. One, like, just picks someone at random or someone, tracks yes. her life, stalks her online, essentially, and then gives her a bunch of money. And then goes in person to watch her uh, take that money out and get the you are whatever customer like she gets a, a million dollars or whatever. Uh, I love when I go to the ATM With, and I'm like the 10,000th person to, to withdraw <laughs> and it gives me some extra money. And Hell it has yeah. a little image of confetti popping yeah. out and then you get a bunch of money that just shoots out like a lottery machine. Do we think eventually but, the Gotham bank contacts her and is like, ma'am, that, that was, that was not a the correct funds. You're overdrawn and we're, you're, you're now being evicted. Exactly. She's, she, oh, I already spent it. Will you, my oh, cyborg, why? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so they do that and then they have, um, flash do his thing where he first of all another another thing that happens over and over again iris west cannot take her eyes off of this fucking loser that there is they're both established trying to establish that this guy's a loser who can't get a job at a 
a kennel, which I say as a person who was not able to get a job at a kennel. Ooh, uh, ooh. This, <laughs> this guy's a loser who's so not you took doing this a good personally. job. <laughs> I know exactly. I, I, if I'm anyone, I'm. Hey, Andrew, I laugh. think we get why Max doesn't like this movie very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women should be I able to not be able to take their eyes off of me. I didn't get a job at a kennel. <laughs> okay, okay, there's so much to talk about here, <laughs> including. Uh, I do like the fact. I don't know why. I didn't know why in the in the Snyder cut. I didn't know why I or um very or what whatever the actor's name who plays Flash Ezra Miller playing, Ezra Miller Ezra Miller why he chose to play him as if he were on the spectrum somewhere like essentially they they make that fairly clear he's having difficulties communicating with the people around him he doesn't understand it but there's no explanation for it in the weeding cut there's a little bit where he says people move at a different like they have a different resonance people i was wondering about that i don't that i don't uh understand that explains so much more about who the flash was and why he was who he was anyway okay then to move on to this thing he's he's at this job uh iris west can't take her eyes off of him and she is about to crash the car. So another example of the guys just being irresistible to women. Uh, and then he goes to save her and does that nasty fucking touch of her face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, is Batman putting together a list of guys who are involved in car accidents and who like, who creepily touch women? women? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting together a team of superheroes that don't have good boundaries. Having that stuff back to back. I'm just like, what is what are you trying to say with this zach why are all your your characters doing this stuff i just I, there's so much about this that i don't like. yeah it's um, funny to me that whedon who is a shitty dude right. and has been and then and then retroactively has been criticized for some of the way he treats some of his uh female characters in particular and some of the lines and things in that movie like the flash you know saves wonder woman in that cut and is like on her boobs for a second mm-hmm. and like disappears stuff like that where you're like groaning or like ugh. and now that we know this of course whedon and then this one somehow is still weird and misogynistic in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> like a different it's, way. I feel like if you if you factor in Lois Lane and her inability to do anything, the fact that she's nothing without her man, I well, think she's it, the key. Much but she's worse. the key though. But if she's that's not her decision. <laughs> she's the key to like she's treated like nothing. And they She's they an switch. object. She's an object. Yeah, exactly. And she she has at least in the Whedon cut, she's working. She's like she's lowered her the amount of work that she's doing at her job, but she's working. She's doing her thing. They make her an actual human being. In this one, she really only is making Superman's baby and bringing coffee to men. I forgot yeah, that they set up that there's a uh, pregnancy test. Yeah, and she's carrying a bassinet into <laughs> her house, which in the Whedon cut is a box. And I didn't know what a bassinet was. I thought it was a musical instrument when Jenny <laughs> called it out. I thought it was a bassoon or a clarinet or some combination of the 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 both. It's a but new it's instrument for, that Snyder invented. <laughs> <laughs> it's for it's for putting babies in, and then uh, they'll play music. Um, but, what did you guys think? We're all over the place, of course. What did you guys think of? Uh, I didn't think. Um, Gal Gadot was the best person to do the voiceover narration for the ancient battle um but i and i also didn't think the ancient battle was much improved by the fact that dark side is there instead of steppenwolf and then you see dark side get just owned right yeah just completely owned someone shoves an axe in his in his shoulder he gets upset and pulled away he passes out and i was like can you imagine if the first time we had seen any sort of glimpse of thanos was him getting like punched in the face and like uh, 
not like knocked out. Well, actually, in fact, like this is a weird choice. Like we see, like the glimpses of Thanos we get before he actually shows up is like just him grinning or I'll do this myself. And then like when he shows up, he fucks shit up. Like in in like like it's not even like an even fight between him and Hulk. Like he fucks up the Hulk right away, and that's like and again like. It's a it's the it's the fundamental misunderstanding of his characters. Like just Zack Snyder just doesn't know how to characterize these people in a in a way. I mean, you guys have talked me into not liking the Snyder cut. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say like I I was watching it and in, enjoying it probably be probably just because like it was a movie that again I watched in so so many chunks that it didn't feel overwhelming to me. And I thought there were improvements. And I think, like, I, I will, I'll try and watch the Whedon cut again to see, like, because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, to really give the true, like, comparison of the two. But, uh, you know, like, the, the, yeah, the, that, that scene, I, I don't know about you guys, but the fact that the movie ends, like, six different times is, was, like, very, that was annoying to me. And I didn't think any of the endings were particularly good either. I think especially since the the nightmare future epilogue is so extraneous, it's all actually re, it's all actually new footage, right? Yeah. I think that's one that like they brought everyone back in. So that is one that's glaringly obvious that like wasn't going to exist in the first place and shouldn't have and didn't need to. And, and Amber heard it's bad. Amber, oh her accent, what's going on? Bastard. <laughs> That and the fact that it's wrong. She says that like her parents are gone, but not in the Aquaman movie. Oh, well, there's so much. So okay. they can't even get it right. Well, the nightmare is supposed know. to be. I would. I would guess that the nightmare is supposed to be like ten years in the future or something. Oh, I know, but I think she mentions it in an earlier scene. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're implying that something happened after the fact. Yeah. That was the other thing that was disappointing about Darkseid showing up. There's a scene in the nightmare kind of epilogue where he's under. Darkseid is underwater in Atlantis, like using his Omega beams yeah. to kill people. I was like, ah, there they are. The Omega beams, his eyes are like hissing from like the heat. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like this is kind of, okay. Why didn't he, did he not have that power yet? Why didn't he use the Omega beams and just destroy everyone in that first battle? It's his like OP power. Yeah. Beams that can track onto anyone and kill them. Was no, he also going to try and become a green lantern? That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. When you reached for the ring, that was, that was very funny. Ah. Um, so it's you, weird. You were talking about the Gal Gadot narration. One thing that bugged me about yeah. that is that, like, she mentions Ares as, as specifically, like, she calls out his name as being one of the people that was able to save the planet, without mentioning anything about the fact that she then later killed him. Mm-hmm. That, like, the reason he's not available is she killed him in in her movie, or that he was the one who killed, like, her. She's just basically like. Oh yeah, we were saved by Zeus and Ares and the uh, this and that. Like no, no mention of the fact that this guy k- killed the guy that she was into. There should be a but there it, should be like a little pop up video of Gal Gadot like holding up a finger and it's like a boop and like just remember remember, <laughs> Ares was killed in Wonder Woman. Go back and see it on HBO Max. It's just weird the way she delivers that line, as if yeah. as if there was no baggage related right. to just to reverence Ares for Ares. Remember this great yeah. warrior. <laughs> And it also like, do the Greek gods exist? Does I mean, do aren't they still there? Isn't that where she gets her powers from? Like, she's, I just don't get it. 
if they were there, they were the reasons that Darkseid was defeated in the first place. Are they gone? Are they still there? Great, None of it makes any great sense. Great question. One thing I want to mention before we're done, just because I think this is like maybe the stupidest fucking thing of the whole of ev- everything, maybe Cyborg, when he asks her to come meet him and the message is like alternate caps, mm-hmm. meet me here tonight. And like the the first letter is lowercase and the second letter is uppercase and the third letter is lowercase again. That is terrible. I also thought it was that un- is a parody. I also thought it was unnecessary for him to ask what you doing first and then you up and then <laughs> yeah. At the very end, it was like ASL. Meet me, meet me here, ASL. Yeah, it was. I all that stuff I thought was superfluous. But you're right. That was um, that was just like, like a that was like a, again because Zack Snyder writes meatheads. That felt like a meatheads idea of what hacking is. Yeah, but it just, I swear, like, Ray Park saying, like, hey, we need this version to expand my character into someone completely unlikable, it just seems so strange to me. Like, Well, and and then also the fact that, like, because of his relationship with Whedon and the people who were, who, like, screwed over the the original uh, Whedon cut, it sounds like he will never work with DC again, and they don't want him back, or the powers that be at least don't. He said he'd um, only work with DC if it was a, a Zack Snyder-helmed thing. Like, he doesn't want Jeff Loeb or, uh, shoot, what is that I, I want that actor to get more work, but I don't want there to be more of the Snyder vision. What I had heard, and what, what you're saying, or Max or Andrew, who, who, which of you said that, like, the studio is saying this isn't canon and they're not going forward with more? That was me. But you know what the new, but you know what the new hashtag trend is, is uh restore the Snyder verse now yeah it's, this is the new one where the toxic fans are pushing for well no it's not good enough that we did get the four hour two minute uh promised uh thing we also need to have um something that was never in my opinion the play i mean it was obvious that his vision was uh uh influencing the other films to a degree mm-hmm. and the same characters but but it's obvious from the uh, completion of some of them like Aquaman and, and Wonder Woman and stuff that they were they benefited from a different vision yeah <laughs> from someone at the helm so to me the idea of restoring the Snyder reverse making all of these now fall somehow back into line and being all j- just like this is abysmal it's, I it's really also, it's not gonna really happen like the not. reason why the Snyder like the Snyder verse of the DC universe was was cut was not because of what happened with his his daughter unfortunately it's because that this this film franchise is not as successful as they want it to be the vision for snyder's universe was a failure so like it's the the reason is not like a you know dc's holding snyder back it's because it didn't make money like or enough money you know what i mean like it's this is Mm -hmm. not like a uh an editorial decision where like someone knew at Warner Brothers was like, hey, these movies aren't very good. Let's try something else. It's that people didn't like them. <laughs> like, it was just, there's a there's a, a small group, smaller group of people on the internet who are now, like, Snyder freaks, and, you know, they got their movie made, so now they feel like they have the power to then restore the universe that they like, which I don't think is going to happen. It shouldn't. It, it really shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah. It's... It, it, I mean, it would be fine if they can if they had infinite money and they were able to right. go in two separate tracks, right? 
you have the the Snyderverse over here, and then you have a watchable DC universe. I would love that if you could completely separate the two and have like an actual Justice League. That's something that I wanted as a kid like so much, and then I got this, and it just really isn't the same thing that I'm looking for. In fact, like we watched uh, Invincible, the first episode, they have the the parody Justice mm-hmm. League, the Guardians of the Globe, and they everything about them is uh, ten times better, ten times mm-hmm. more similar to the justice league than this justice league movie yeah um and you know we we touched on it earlier i am generally in favor of uh a a director or someone being able to put as much of their vision as possible onto the screen i think there's something to be said for a studio and editors to a, a greater extent helping to craft that vision and and make it into something palatable and releasable um i think you're gonna have you know, auteurs that always feel like they need to go back and change things. I personally don't like Lucas, for example, going back and adding things that he couldn't add to begin with because that was his initial vision, he Mm -hmm. says. Um, This feels to me like something like he had this four hours or so in his brain. And I'm happy he was, especially if, if, if it's closure, especially everything swirling around it and the production and, you know, and in his personal life for him to be able to, to put it out. And, and maybe it's also a product of, you know, where we are in this pandemic. Like, I don't, I don't think he could have released a four hour, two minute movie, even with an intermission in the theaters. I don't think they would no, have done it. No, no way. So I am glad for him and a little bit for their fans, if they weren't so toxic, that they got to have this finally released. But I think it's a bad precedent to imply that just, you can just whine enough to get everyone to release what they wanted to begin with, because like it or not, part of the studio system and the way you were able to make big budget movies at least is some compromise and yeah. sometimes that's a good thing i think a lot of directors have editors that they trust and uh work well with because they recognize that it's good to have other voices and people helping you do all that mm-hmm. uh, there's there is no reason for this to be four hours Mm-mm. there is so much fat that can be trimmed off and there's still even things just, from even just that, a slow motion between yeah <laughs> and still things that exist between the the uh, Whedon and Snyder version that doesn't doesn't get clarified or don't make it make more sense where i'm like this is supposed to be your masterpiece like there shouldn't be it should be 4 hours of 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 muscle period it shouldn't it shouldn't feel like anything is dragging or taking too long or overly indulgent but that is also sort of his style mm-hmm. so it's kind of like completely butts up against it like you couldn't have told Snyder to not do 14 music videos and half the movie in slow-mo because <laughs> that's what he just does in his films now. Yeah. And it doesn't work for me in, in this setting. Yeah. Um, the, much like this, much like the Snyder cut, we're running a little long. So why don't we give each a final thought and then uh, wrap it up? Max, go first. Uh, watching these movies back to back, I really like the, the first one was hard to get through. And um, seeing the Whedon cut, I really realized like a lot of things were clarified. A lot of things made more sense. I can't really say like maybe there was, it went the other way for some things. I do think that the um, Steppenwolf stuff is expanded a bit further and makes a bit more sense. So, although, as you say, it does make Darkseid look like pretty weak. And then why is Steppenwolf almost able to... Uh, you know, succeed where he wasn't either way. Um, 
but like many scenes play out in a way where in the weave and cut, I just say, okay, this was the, this is what it, it cuts what I would have cut of the, the scene. Mm-hmm. And so like watching them back to back, it just really seems like the Snyder cut does not need to exist. I'm, I'm glad it does for the fans for closure. So, you know, okay, yes, this is what would have happened. And it just doesn't pan out. I don't watch either of them. But if you're going to watch one, watch the weeding cut. Uh-huh. I do hope that somebody at some point cuts together a third one. Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider. Just, no. Okay. I do hope that somebody cuts it together and puts like some of the Steppenwolf stuff with some of the stuff. Make a cohesive two hours or less movie of of this and like makes a bit more sense in the end. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I also, for one final thing. I want to add a line. I want to add a catchphrase for Aquaman. And it especially pops into my mind when he comes and saves that guy who's drowning in Norway. He hops on top of the boat as it's drowning. I want him to say, did somebody order curry? <laughs> good. good. Max. Good. And then he's like, I don't get it. Is that, is that your human, like the human name you go by? Booyah. And then I think gone. It, I think <laughs> booyah. I think it'd be wonderful though. Did somebody order curry? Let's make that happen. Okay. Uh, hashtag did hashtag someone order cor- order curry uh, cut. Did Rob, what about you? Author curry. Um, I I feel like I kind of I sort of said some of my piece, but I yeah I I wouldn't recommend it. I think that as as cobbled together as the Whedon cut is, it works better as a, a palatable, ingestible film. With, which is brighter, which makes attempts at humor, which often, often falls flat, I would argue, but it makes them feel more human that they're even trying to do or say anything. I thought Alfred was the most positive or humorous in this whole thing. Um, man, it's just, what a, if you'd have told me when Man of Steel, when we first watched Man of Steel, that we would eventually get to a point where Snyder was coming out with a four hour version of his Justice League, I, I wouldn't have believed yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I echo what Max says. I, I'm happy in this very isolated incident that, uh, and given everything around it, that he was able to put out what he says is his masterpiece vision. Um, I worry that um, it's going to uh, cause everyone to act like they are entitled to these sorts of things moving forward. And I hope that's not the case. Um Yes, but uh, more power to you if you somehow sat through and, and liked it all. Yeah, same. I, I yeah, I, I when I say I liked it better than the Whedon version, I don't like this movie. I don't think it's good. I think it's like objectively as bad as the rest of the DC extended universe, other than you know, like we said, like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. It just it. <clears throat> If this is the closure, this is the button, if this is the door closes on the Snyderverse, on the this like dark version of DC characters, then like good. Like final final chapter, it's over. We can move on. Now like let's have some fun DC movies. Like let's, you know, like put some life into these characters and some care into these characters and have them be made by people who actually know and care about these these characters. But Overall, yeah, it's it's not good. I'm I'm now interested to rewatch the Whedon cut. I was I didn't realize I was making such a controversial statement by saying that it, the Snyder cut was better, but I'm now interested to see 
if my memory I don't serves think that's me controversial. Correct, but um yeah, it's yeah, I I again like I'm with you. I hope that this doesn't embolden a bunch of toxic people to like make the Snyder universe return, but if this is the end of the Snyder universe then good. Fine. Great. Um <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for sticking with us, everybody, for this long episode, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.